0: Alright, welcome back to yet another episode of the sci-fi... No, we're not sci-fi shenanigans. You'd think after two years I'd get this right. Welcome back for another episode of the Blasters and Blades podcast. Uh, just time for your daily dose of shenanigans over here at the Blasters and Blades podcast. Just three nerdy veterans geeking out over our science fiction passions and fantastical fantasies. A place where magic is king. <clears throat> Sorry about that. The sky is the limit. Space is the place. The podcast that puts the fun in this function. So without further ado, we're gonna to one to say sorry about the be uh, dying and my lungs hacking up, but I promise I feel fine. I'm getting over everything, uh, and we we thought about recording our intro, dear listeners, so it was perfect every time. But then you know it wasn't us. So there's there's beauty in the imperfection. That's what they tell us at the shrink's office, right? So instead, we're just gonna power through, and you can laugh with us or at us. We don't care. But now, Mr. DP Brown, can you introduce yourselves to our listeners and viewers?
1: My name is DP Brown. I'm a writer, you know, slash creator. Um, My um, creation is The Theme of Thieves. I'm also a children's book writer, Sammy and Sissy, you know, protecting people. So, um, yep, that's basically what I do. I'm a writer, creator of comic books.
0: All right. And the next part of the introduction, dear listeners, how we first found them. So um, DP came to us through Marvin Wynn, who sent a lot of uh, comic book industry, well, indie comic book people, our way because we were happy to host them. And so they can always use more places to talk about their products. Oh, yeah. So it's been a fun, um, dive into all things, picture books. Uh, I know, I know you said all the hate mail, uh, you'll get a kick out of this. So my youngest or my oldest son likes to read anime and oh, wow. manga, excuse me, anime is the, the cartoons. Um, <laughs> So we're at the store, the Barnes and Noble, and I'm just going through since I started writing and doing the podcast and I'm going through the science fiction aisle and I'm looking at everyone I've actually met in person. I'm like, oh, I know that person. It's weird when you know the people now. Right. Right.
1: Right. right. Uh,
0: And so he's over there looking at all the different books. And I finally uh, walked over there and there's a bunch of other parents just standing around watching their kids go through all these to pick the book they want. I'm like, are you done picking your comic book yet? Oh. And all of them just turned. And it was like the feral children in like a, uh, in a graphic novel about zombies or something. They all just sort of stared at you. Yeah. And you could almost hear the music at like the OK Corral and they just look at you. Oh, <laughs> well, they, they get really upset if you mix up comic book and graphic novel and.
1: Yeah. yeah that, you gotta define it correctly and everything, or else you get the side <laughs> eye.
0: <laughs> yeah, you got the side eye, and all the, the parents were just laughing.
1: Oh, uh, that is classic. And I, I knew I would
0: get that reaction too. It was just fun tweaking all the little all the little kids that got super passionate about their nerds or whatever. Uh, like and whatever. Like and how they all got a it thing, out right?
1: Comic book and everything. Comic right. book and everything. Like it's a bad word too, you know. <laughs>
0: Uh, i don't understand the difference nick has tried to explain it to me our co-host nick garber runs apogee comics and mm -hmm. is a creator himself and he's tried to patiently explain it to me but it never makes sense to me it's like it's got pictures it works comic (laughs) like but anyway i've actually had some creators get mad when i suggested that like the comics that came in the gum back in the day if you remember that Mm -hmm. like those aren't real comics and i'm like well it's got pictures right with words
1: yep 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 comic picture on um, balloons and you know balloon bubble balloons and everything you know word balloons and stuff i mean it's a comic book so you know
0: so, so did you remember those uh bazooka joe
1: yeah 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 i used to read them all the time when i got yeah, you did know. you
0: count those as comics or they just they were just uh, funny or what
1: so that's, that's that's a good question while i did read them i mean i guess i didn't really consider them comics you know didn't really define it as that you know um but i mean it was it was like like you said technically they are comics and stuff you know, but when you think of comics, you think of like the six by, you know, 10.2, you know, two five yeah. inches and everything. But um, but yeah, those, those are like little comics. I mean, would you consider like newspaper stuff, comics and stuff? I mean, it's in a newspaper. I mean, it has pictures, you know. Worthless. I would
0: consider those comic strips. Yeah. yeah. Comic I grew strip. up reading the the art as it Archie comics. Yeah. Yeah. My, my parents had those around all the time. My favorite, though, and ironically, I got it the day I took my driver's test at, at 15 in the, the Bazooka Joe comic, because it was cheap gum, right? You could get it for a penny. Mm-hmm. And you open it, and the comic that day was the, the kid was sitting in a car, and the driving instructor was asking him, like, what do you do if your brakes fail on the highway? And his answer still sticks with me, and he said, try to hit something cheap. Oh. <laughs> and just the, the idea that I found that the day that I was, like, taking my driver's test mm-hmm. couldn't have been more perfect.
1: That is funny. That's I crazy. did not
0: use that answer, by the way, with the driver's ed. They didn't have a sense of humor.
1: <laughs> Yeah, but, what I couldn't stand with the Bazooka Joes is like, you know, when, when you got one, you read a fresh one. And then, of course, you, you know, buy another one, you know, at a different, you know, a couple weeks down the line. It's the same comic and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean okay, I, you know, let me buy something new or put so some. I played
0: right Little now. League, so we, we would always get them because they were at the concession stand.
1: Mm, oh, right? yeah. Yeah. Kill
0: our teeth with that gum that was super hard. But that was back when you used to get a snuff can looking thing, but it was powdered. Um, um, Beef jerky, so you could pretend yeah. like you were doing dip.
1: Yeah. That yeah. was the thing, and the yeah. candy
0: cigarettes. Like It was a different time in the 80s. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Classic 80s stuff.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the the uh, the, the, the beef jerky thing. was good, too.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: At this point, I don't need to pretend it's snuff. I just like beef, good beef jerky. <laughs> it to me. But all right, so we wouldn't be the Blasters and Blades if I didn't ask you the religion question. So Star Wars, Star Trek, or Firefly?
1: oh so i just recently to be honest got into like star wars you know hardcore you know because i wasn't a big star wars fan but i used to love firefly you know that when that came on i was you know super into that um and when the firefly movie came out to to sort of end everything and everything i was like super into that probably was one of the one of the only two in the, the movie theater to go actually see that as a um you know feature film and stuff but i mean i was into it
0: yeah i dig it um, and because we're polytheistic here at the Blasters of Blades, so Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, or Wheel Time.
1: Game of Thrones.
0: Are you like the Grimdark, or what is it about Game of Thrones that speaks to you?
1: <sighs> well, okay. So the 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 show, I'm a big Lost fan. So um anything that's real, you know, complex, you know, um, as far as like story wise and you know, creates multiple layers for characters, I'm like super into. And Game of Thrones was like that for me, like big time. Well, they had me at the very beginning, um, you know, scene with the White Walkers and then yeah. the, the teaser that throughout the whole series just just kept me hooked. So, you know, as that that um, that that fantasy element, you know, came into like the picture mixed with like sort of like real world type stuff, if you want to call it that um, within like the Game of Thrones, the, the tease of like the White Walkers coming or White Walkers are coming. When are they going to come? That, that just kept me like throughout like the whole series and everything. So I'm, I'm a big Night King fan.
0: <laughs> okay. So we like the fantastical and the scientific here at the Washington Blades. But what was your first love, sci-fi or fantasy?
1: Sci-fi. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I, what I, was I, your
0: I, first I, memory of that?
1: <sighs> um. Well, I mean, if you consider comics, you know, sci-fi, which is technically what it is. My first comic was Spider-Man, you know, was okay. like, being on a cover. You know, so uh, that was my like, my first exposure to like really reading, you know, sci science, science fiction. You know, getting into that type of stuff. So, um, you know, seeing a guy in a spider suit, you know, climbing walls and everything, um, I'd never seen that before. And I was like around four or five years old when my father handed me, handed me my first comic, and it just it just had me from there. From there, I was all into like, you know. Um, real world, like science fiction type stuff. So anything that had to do with like magic or fantasy or like you know um, creatures, I wasn't really into. I was more into like the the science based you know uh, fiction, you know. So the comic book stuff, you know, um, you know, that really got wow. me into. it.
0: Did you read any of the GI Joe comics or oh, yeah. the uh, the was yeah. it uh, Thundercats? Any of those that were out back in the day?
1: I mean, yeah. You're talking to an '80s maniac right here. GI yeah. Joe, Transformers, Thundercats, Silverhawks. You know, um, yeah, made, I like the Silverhawks. Yeah. I was
0: good. <laughs> they uh, they did a uh, oh, was it Mikey Mason has this thing where he does like all the intros to all the different cartoons from the eighties.
1: Oh, and you're, you're oh, supposed
0: to try to guess how many of them, and I got every one. I'm like, I remember.
1: Oh man, the mask. I mean, I was I was super into it all. So you know, yeah, yeah, I was deep deep had all the toys and everything, and yeah. Yeah, you're talking to an 80s maniac right here <laughs> i didn't
0: uh, so i for gi joe at least I, I got the figures but i never got like the big bases or the aircraft carrier because that shit was just hella expensive
1: uh, and yeah. my parents weren't made of money no yeah 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 i didn't have like the big stuff all i got was like the figures and stuff too so yeah, I-
0: occasionally the little vehicles yeah
1: <laughs> yeah 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 but transformer <laughs> stuff i was um you know i got a couple big toys of that but you know nothing like you know Metroplex or anything
0: like that. So Transformers never really did it for me. Like I'd watch the Ooh, cartoons, okay. but like I liked I liked GI Joe, I liked like Voltron and Silver Surfer Uh, But, like, I just don't know. Something about the whole transforming thing just seemed too gimmicky to me at the
1: time. (laughs) Oh, really? So I never
0: got into it. But there were a lot of other campy stuff that I was perfectly happy to hit the I believe button for. It's weird how your mind works. Like, you know, you'll believe in this fire-breathing dragon, but the fact that the horse was green and it's a bridge too far, right? (laughs) Like, it's just where people's lines are. It it amuses me.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: So what is it about speculative fiction writ large? So that's sci-fi, fantasy, horror, all of the things. What is it about that field that you love?
1: Well, I mean, I I guess um, putting myself into a different world from like the the world that I'm actually, you know, immersed in, like everyday life and everything. You know, growing up, um, I was like to myself. You know, I did a lot of drawing and everything. All, you know, ironically, I don't do a lot of it today. <laughs> I'm more or less right. But, you know, I did a lot of drawing, you know, drawing a cartoon, different characters, I, um, you know, made up. I started making up characters as well. Um, but, I, you know, I, I like the fact that you could go into a world where nothing is, you know, concrete. You know, there's a beginning, middle, and middle and an end. And you can um, have an adventure for like, you know, uh, 20 minutes if you're reading a comic or half an hour if you're watching a cartoon or if you're watching a movie, you know, a couple hours. You can get into that world, get away from, you know, what you're used to, whether it's like your brother or your sister or your, um, you know, your parents or whatever. Just everyday, regular life. Get into that world and just just immerse, immerse yourself deep into it until it's over, you know and then do it all over again so um i was i was really i was really into fiction you know uh, a, a lot you know a lot and still am so i mean I'm, I'm you know die hard into like you know speculative fiction
0: so that's one of the things everyone's like oh i've written i've known i want to be a writer from a little from a young age and like i think about it like you know i did occasionally like i tried to write an epic poem in, in high school and a novel in like middle school and they were horrible like, you know, you you spent, like, five pages doing the intro, setting everything up, and then you get bored with it, and you end the book in, like, two sentences. Like, that was me. And the epic poem was just, you know, I'm glad the teacher burned it. I hope she burned it. If she sells it on eBay, <laughs> I'm going to be very mad. Um, but she – um, but, like – Other than that, like I, you know, I was too busy writing school papers to really write. But Mm -hmm. looking back on it, like every time the episode or the story ended on the stuff you like, you'd Mm -hmm. almost picture it in your head with you in the story and to keep it going. Maybe not you, but like an idealized version of you. So super, like a lot better shape, a lot faster, a lot stronger, whatever. And I realized that's essentially storytelling. I just never wrote it down or told anybody.
1: Exactly. That's the purpose of toys and stuff, too. You play. Yeah. Toys and watch the TV shows and everything. You when the, when a half an hour is over at GI Joe, you take out your GI Joe toys and start like you know continuing like you know whatever you whatever you whatever whatever episode that you watch, you can start continuing and making up stories on your own. And yeah, me and my brothers was like real into that. So yeah, yeah, I mean I I could totally appreciate that.
0: The the one thing that stinks though is the the barrier to entry for uh, for merchandising makes it such that action figures are something like only like the super yuppie rich people can collect anymore like the (laughs) idea that that kids just get them like when you look at one figure is like 25 bucks i'm like how am i supposed to get a kid a set to play with you know at those prices
1: I, I don't know what kids are like super into nowadays I mean I see that a lot of them play like video games I guess that that's a way of like immersing yourself into like you know uh, fantasy fiction or what have you but as far as the toys and stuff I got a daughter she plays with a lot of like you know you know dolls and stuff like that so I can see that but um um you know as far as like these kids and these expensive toys i don't know how if they do i don't know how parents do it i mean they are that's like
0: expensive you
1: know, yeah
0: the trick is, is you wait for them to go on sale after you know the various latest movie flops and then you can buy them for yeah. like 25 cents each right, but that's right. not a good business model if you want the industry you love to stick around
1: no 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 <laughs> but i mean they make money somehow i mean every time a batman movie comes out i mean batman sell batman toy sales go through like the roof and stuff so however they do it you know and whoever they whoever they whoever they're marketing to that buys it i mean they're doing their work
0: yes uh They bank on nostalgia. And then because they don't want to pay rights holders with the IP, they always just revisit existing properties. So that way they don't have to pay as much to the creators. It's my guess on why they do it. It's pure speculation, but it's (laughs) like, you know, if you want representation of fill in the blank group and I'm okay with all of that, Mm -hmm. my answer has always been create new characters because the world needs more, but they never want to do that because if you create the next big thing then they got to pay you a lot more, right? Whereas if you just merchandise Thor again for the billionth time,
1: I mean, if if you talk to a corporation, their easiest thing is make, let's let's try to make the most money the easiest way possible,
0: you know,
1: um, until somebody, let somebody else do the work as far as like, you know, creating or making it, you know, popular or whatever. We don't want to do the work. That corporation per se doesn't want to do that work. They're there to make money and please their shareholders at the end of the day. So, you know, you could talk about, you know, them trying to create like, you know, new characters while it's fine in theory and stuff. At the at the same time, they're answering to like stakeholders and stuff, so it's 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 kind of a hard. That's why me as an independent creator, <laughs> maybe I'm doing yeah. their work for.
0: Them. <laughs> but then when they look Creative to license things, they never creators. they almost never go to the independent creators with you know rich properties to give them everything they say they're looking for. Yeah, like we want to you know content that speaks to this audience. Like great, mm-hmm. they should have it. More is always good. Yeah, and insert yeah. group of the week, and I'm I'm not saying that as a derogatory thing. But then they instead of going for that, they're just like, well, we're just gonna flip the race, gender, age, whatever mm-hmm. of this existing character. I'm like, no, no, no. They deserve a rich backstory that isn't just pigeonholing it. Like, give them what they're like, you know. It, it bugs me a little bit. That's why. Have you familiar with the um the YouTube channel Dust?
1: No. Mm-mm.
0: They're an independent film company that makes sci-fi films, sometimes better. And what's coming out of Hollywood? They do it in fifteen to twenty minute shorts, right?
1: Oh wow! Okay,
0: some of its cart, uh, some of its graphic cartoon, I think you call it, like, okay. um, not quite Pixar cartoon, but like actual, um, I don't, I don't know how you describe it, but it's like it's some of its cartoon, some of its real life, you know, okay. with, with the like fact like
1: animation, yeah,
0: some of that stuff they put out is amazing.
1: Oh wow! Okay, uh, I,
0: I, I get everybody who loves uh, like science fiction stuff. Mm-hmm hooked on that channel i'm like hmm, we're, we're all like feeding waiting for the next update and some of it's it's 15 minute story and that's it really? but it's all new creators and it's just like it shows what's possible if you get just a little bit of a budget that you could do without having to rely on hollywood because i think i think independent creators it's our time to shine and so this yeah. is the the time where that kind of stuff can can finally happen
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Same. not cheap to do though. So I mean, just no. with like you know something from like the ground up and everything, brand new, nobody ever heard of. You know, me, I'm I'm not working with like IP. I, I'm creating my own IP, so I have to go out there. You know, you gotta find only, the audience. Yeah, find not only do that, but I have to find a budget. You know and where does the budget come from you know if i'm working like a regular job if i really want to do this which is what i did i saved my money to actually you know put this stuff out there because i believed in it so much i didn't want to go to like dc comics or you know marvel to write their characters and everything i wanted to actually you know make something up on my own and actually you know find the audience out there And if, if the audience considers what i do a good thing then i know you know i'm gonna keep on doing it and, and reinvest my money um, you know, into doing that and, you know, just, just keep the cycle going and stuff. So, I mean, at the end of We're the day, I guess that's what a business does, if you know, a small business and everything, but yeah.
0: That's one of the things we talked with Marvin Win about, and we, we've talked about this before, show with, with you and with, um, um oh, I'm drawing a blank, Brandon uh, from Gallows Comics, is we want to do an actual indie author, and I'm saying this during the show so the audience can hear, we want to do like an indie comic creator sort of fireside chat because there's so much that could be talked about, but... There's so much room for someone like there's comic book review channels on YouTube that do nothing but tear apart the crappy writing mm-hmm. and like DC and Marvel. I'm like, start reading the good stuff and showing people about all the independent comics. If you're truly passionate about comics, like, expose what's out there instead of just complain about the same old, same old, like but,
1: but, at a certain you know, point in time. But you know why they do that? They do that because they know who's going to come to those channels because you're, you're talking about DC and Marvel, which is a big two. You start talking about independent creators, which is fine in theory. Their stuff is not as known as DC and Marvel stuff. So in order to draw the subscribers to their channel, what do they have to talk about? Now like you said if they start intermingling like independent stuff with the Marvel and DC stuff then that you know maybe that might get that that still draws in like your you know um spe- you know audience and everything but to um to 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 do it all like independent stuff I don't I don't know if that'll be a really great thing for their you know audience or channel and stuff uh, <clears throat> maybe they should you know um um think about trying different avenues to create you know create you know create that um that audience um and at the end of the day like youtubers i mean they they you have to sell yourself in order to have a good channel people yeah. talk about the same stuff on a lot of channels all the time but in order to be a good youtuber or just you know um video blog podcaster and everything you're selling yourself
0: yeah so the 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 solution to that though is i sparky and i he's a friend of the show he's uh i run some D stuff well role-playing stuff with them. And one of the things we were talking about is everyone wants to complain about the the state of, you know, insert industry, but nobody actually wants to do the things necessary to change it. It's so vote with your your money. If you if you think, you know, X corporation hates you because you're left or hates you because you're right or, you know, whatever. And, I, you know, I'm not taking a stance on any of your politics. I really don't care. Mm-hmm. Like vote with your feet, like go where, where they want you or where they don't care about your politics. And they just want to tell you a good story and start investing there because at a certain right. point in time, you know, if you really hate Star Wars, and we'll use that because there's some people that really hate the the direction it's going, not because of the politics, but because some of the lazy writing and they've sort of abandoned the canon that that some people get really sentimentally attached to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then go to the places where where they like you, where they they right. want you to enjoy their products, and start supporting that. But you can't complain that oh, there's nothing I like, and then when there is stuff that's new, oh, well, I don't want to try that. That's new. You know, but at a yeah. certain point in time, you have to you have to either yeah. Quit complaining, or, or you know, yeah. stop crying wolf. I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's, it's, been... it's, it's a bunch of good stuff out there. You know, us us independent creators are there. You know, support us. You know, try us out at least. You know, at the very least, you try us out, and you know, um, if you don't like it, then you know, you don't have to continue. But it's a it's a bunch of different stuff, and like you said, you can't com- you can't com- keep complaining if you're um you know if you're mixing yourself in the same bowl you know every time.
0: It's like you go if you do the same thing over and over again you can't really be shocked when you get the same results exactly. it's sort of that the analogy i guess we're using and so that's why i i, I trying to push some of the indie content out there i appreciate uh, you. And, you know just in general i do that with the, some of the games too because like if you think these companies you know don't like you as fans and, and some of the bigger companies have been caught on hot mics saying some very derogatory things about their customers mm-hmm a certain coffee company comes to mind. It's like, well, if you really don't like that, then stop giving them your money and go somewhere that doesn't hate you. Mm -hmm. You know? So, but all right. So let's get back on track. We're talking about you as a nerd right now. So how did your love of speculative fiction transition into you writing your own stories in the comic book space? Or did you start with the kids books?
1: So, um, I'm, like I said, I, I wrote, I, I drew, drew comics and stuff since I was like, you know, a little, you know, since, um, since I was younger and everything, nothing like professional or anything like that, but I was really into like, you know, the artwork and, you know, doing like, you know, some, um, um, stuff, shopping stuff to like Marvel and DC, you know, way back in like the, um, the, the late eighties, nineties and everything. Yeah. Nineties and, you know, um, but as far as like, um, what led me to that, that the, the, the fact that um. That I saw an opportunity, that um, that um, that DC and Marvel and uh, maybe I should say to a degree image because they produce like a variety of different content and everything, but mainly DC and Marvel. I, I, while I do like a lot of their stuff, um, I didn't want to do anything that was like related to like um um what people see as superheroes and stuff you know there's so many independent artists and stuff that put a superhero like we got so many superheroes out here you know uh, i i don't know what what can you really do different with it you know um so basically then you know let that led me to like you know creating this the theme of thieves um you know just something different you know um you know while my guy the, the the guy in the red suit you know he's not a superhero per se but he is like you know you know science a science fiction time traveler and everything so you know we'll find out a little bit more as time goes on as issues goes on you know as far as his background as far as what he can do and what he does but um but i just wanted to do something different from From what I was seeing, like, you know, with like the main two and just, you know, a lot of independent creators just doing like the recycling, the whole superhero, you know, Peter Parker type of origin type stuff.
0: So one of the things you get the benefit of with these newer comics and and content in general, not just comics, um, just new franchises is is from the indie side is you don't have a 100 years or like some of these of lore that you have to try to understand to to understand the story because it's fresh. Mm -hmm. Right. And that is the benefit. Sometimes just starting something new. Like I for will use David Weber for it. I don't know if you read his his novels. He writes the Honor Harrington uh, military sci-fi stuff. Okay. Um, and, and there are people that won't start his series now because he's on like book 100 or something crazy. It's not really. I think it's like 30. But but I mean, at a certain point in time, you've got so much to read to catch up that it could be intimidating. Yeah. yeah. And so for <laughs> someone coming new, you know, it seems like these new franchises where you've only got to read six comics to catch up or, or whatever. Yeah, if that's a perfect yeah. way to do it.
1: Well, I mean the th- the thing about um um you know putting some fresh out is it, you know, everybody's not going to be into it, but you got some people that are, you know. When I do my um, you know, conventions and sell out my convention and everything, I have a sign out front like are you into like mystery, uh, are, are you into a good time travel mystery comic? So I have that right, right in the front of my table. So usually, you know, I'm not calling a lot of people over to the table unless they, unless I catch their eye and, you know, they want to, you know, talk and everything. But, um, if someone sees that, you know, they come over to my table and ask me, okay, well, what do you got here? You know, and then I go through like, you know, my whole spiel and pitch and everything about, you know, what, you know, um, theme of thieves is about, but, um, but yeah, I mean, you got like, um, you know, this, um, um, you know, way of going about things, um that's a lot different from from what other people do
0: okay so what is your background is are you a trained historian or just a history nerd or what what made you think pick time travel
1: i'm i'm a big uh, i'm a big lost fan <laughs> okay. so i was really super into lost um i'm a big back to the future fan um uh-huh. i'm a big Quantum leap fan you know so um
0: been...
1: oh, yeah oh yeah 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 ziggy and everything oh man um, but yeah, I, I was into like you know those, those, um, you know, TV shows and you know, um, comic book stuff a lot. Um, time travel is just it's always been interesting to me. Anything that has to do with time travel, you know, Time Traveler's Wife, I'm thinking of just a movie off the top of my head. Um, anything that has to do with going back in time, maybe changing history or being a part of history or whatever, going back and seeing like how that connects. Um, I've always been interested in like you know, the theories that surround that, you know. um, So, yeah, that's that's what that sort of put me into this mode of actually doing a comic, you know, coming up with a story that actually um, has those elements into it and see if I can, um, you know, try my hand in a a, a whole time traveling genre.
0: Okay, that's a good enough reason. Um, So many authors will let their own real life experiences influence the way they tell stories. So were there any specific formidable moments that shaped the way you create content?
1: (laughs) Um. So I would say my um my characters um you know I I I, I knew uh, I, I'm I'm thinking of a lot about what I knew from um, some kids in high school and some of their experiences of what I'm sort of like you know adapting you know per se. Um, my experience in high school was a different thing i was like the the loner guy the comic book guy and back in the 80s 90s as you could probably you know uh, know yourself and everything comics you know weren't that popular <laughs> the i mean you was a straight nerd if you were like you know super into comics and bringing them to school and all that stuff so um you had to really deal with um individuals who would make fun of you you know if you weren't like the, in like the in crowd or the popular crowd and everything. So a lot of my, um, my, my main characters are based in like, you know, um, like the, the, the teenage, you know, high school range and everything. And I'm telling some of the stories, um, uh, we're having them go through like some situations that, um, that I've seen happen that may have happened to me, you know, in school. Um, and, and the, 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 sort of like living out of the fantasy of what could have happened had it been different back in high school. So maybe I'm carrying like, you know, some high school, um, you know, trauma with me, you know, into like adulthood, but I mean, it's still, you know, good, good good fiction if people consider it that way.
0: Okay. So let's transition from the writing side and talk about things from a fan angle. So have you got any cool fan art or cosplay of your characters yet?
1: Ah, so, um, so there was a, um, uh cosplay of um the the man in a red suit that was done uh, um a couple years back you can actually probably see it on in my instagram you know if you go link
0: to that in the show notes
1: yep 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 go to my instagram it's a couple pictures um that that was done and this was like back before um i really had the 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 character down and everything so i thought that was pretty cool um that um you know that was fashioned that way as far as like the cosplay and stuff but, um, I mean, I've gotten, like, you know, a, a few people asking me if if they, it was okay if they did, like, fan art or my stuff. So, um, since my book is still relatively new, um, I'm waiting to see how that comes back. So, I'm um, slowly gaining popularity, you know, if you want to call it that, um, you know, building my audience and everything. And, you know, I've, I've gotten, to, like, a, you know, great response so far. Um, so, you know, those type of things are coming.
0: Okay. Uh, And if you uh, if you if he gets any of that that he can share, we will get him to put it in his newsletter. So all you got to do is follow his newsletter because those things are important, people, and and you'll be able to do it. And we'll link all that in the show notes. So has anyone ever asked for your autograph since you started creating content?
1: Yeah, all the time, (laughs) all the time. So every time I'm at a convention and everything. And, you know, I sell one of my books and everything. That's the first thing that they asked me to, you know, to do is like autographing and everything. So, um, um, you know, when I do my Kickstarters, you know, um, I do offer, you know, a section for, you know, autographing and everything. But generally, you know, if if I'm selling my, my comic and people come back and, you know, read it and, you know, say that they like it and everything, then, yeah, they, they end up um, asking me for, you know, the autograph and stuff. I haven't gotten to the point where I'm out in public and, see you know, see some people see me in my um, cowboy hat and, you know, glasses at him asking for an autograph. I haven't gotten to that level yet, but it'll come.
0: I've got faith. So, what was the first time anybody asked for your autograph? Like,
1: oh, it was a, it was a, it was a good feeling. Um, that was when I did my first convention selling my work, which was like last year. So that's when I, you know, the first issue came out last year, and somebody actually, I, I, I you know, what the thought didn't even occur to me to give somebody an autograph, you know, autograph my book until they actually asked for it. If you could believe that, you know. So when when my first when I sold my first book and someone asked me for my autograph, it just made me feel super good. That OK, I actually accomplished something. It, it took me. Uh, uh, it, it actually brought me it humbled me down to where I looked at the book and I was like, OK, I actually created this. You know, this came from my brain, you know and i actually wrote this i gave it to an artist put it together and was able to actually get it printed put it and here i'm at here i am at a convention selling it and someone is asking for my autograph that's like a dream come true <laughs> i mean what could be better yeah you
0: can't beat that so uh, have you ever seen anybody out in public reading your books
1: Uh, funny story not actually reading my books but i was at a convention you know um, um um you know selling my first book and everything and um you know someone bought my book you know Autographed it and everything. And then, um, about an hour later, they came back asking for the second issue saying that they read the first issue and was excited to get the second issue. So I was like taking aback. <laughs> I was like, you read it that quick, <laughs> you know, just to, to, to come back and uh, ask for like the second issue, you know, and just, he was, they, he was just gushing on how much he really liked the book and everything. And it's stuff like that. That makes me feel like that doing this is worth it because it's not cheap. You know, doing this thing, you know, um, in a self-publishing independent route, it's not a cheap thing to do. But when you meet fans like that and they come back and say they like what you did, that means that, you know, um, you should keep going on that direction and hopefully get a lot more fans just like that. So my responsibility is to to tap into as many fans as how he was, you know, and, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll find my audience. Basically, I'm on the hunt for my people.
0: Okay. So what's the weirdest or funny? Oh, that was, that was the weirdest or funniest. I would bet (laughs) can't really trump that. All right. So um, now we are going to talk about everything you've written. So you mentioned you just started, but, but other than um, the theme of thieves and uh, what else have you written?
1: Uh, I wrote a children's book called Sammy and Sissy protecting people. It was about, you know, um, basically I wrote it during like the pandemic and everything, um but basically i started writing the book as a way to uh my mother she did like the um she did like all the artwork she passed away in 2000 december 2020 and sorry. She left behind like you know a lot of the artwork you know for it for it to go into the book um self-published that like about a couple years ago um but her one of her last wishes was to have a children's book done because she always wanted a children's book but done so um you know, so we decided, you know, um, to, to, to get that done. And she was fortunately able to, you know, get the artwork done just before she passed. But um, she she told me that she didn't care how it came out. She was just glad that it was being done finally, you know. And I, I mean, I just regret to this day that we just never did it sooner. But, you know, um, it, we ended up like self-publishing it through like, you know, Kickstarter. And um, it's on like Amazon right now. Um, Got like a, you know, decent response and everything. Um, that, you know, that I'm, I'm planning on doing like a Sammy and Sissy series, um, on, um, some other artwork that she left as well. So that should be coming out like sometime next year.
0: Okay. Well, obviously that all sounds fascinating, but we're here to talk about your comics, which we've hinted at. So, uh, why don't we talk about the theme of thieves? So where did the premise for this universe come from?
1: So, um, so the theme of these is about two teens and a mysterious being that's traveling through time and they're trying to solve a mystery of why people are disappearing in the present. So I'm a big time traveler fan, as you guys already know, as we just said. So another thing that sort of like, you know, shook me a bit was like, um, I'm I'm not sure what happened like a few years ago, but, um, I was in a, in a, in a um, setting to where I looked around and just imagined people just disappearing. So um, in my world, people randomly disappear, and it's been happening since, like, the 1700s, okay? So there's no rhyme or reason why this happens. It hasn't been discovered, you know, um, how it happens. Um, It just, they, people just, you know, know that this thing happens, and it's a way of life. Excuse me. You know, people can just randomly disappear, like, you know, if you was having, like, um, dinner with your um, loved one. And then all of a sudden, mid-conversation, they're gone. You know, that's it. So um, whereas death, you have, like, um, closure. You have, like, you know, the funeral, burial, cask, and everything. With this thing, it's still, uh, it's a way of life, you know, all the way up until, like, you know, the, the 2000s and everything. It's a way of life to where people um, are, people are just sort of tense um to the point where this thing that has been happening for so long it's been happening more and more and more you know as like you know time goes by so i'm dealing with a world of like escalation where this you know disappearance happens and it affects politics it affects religion it affects um um culture and everything so my book sort of like you know goes into all that in the meantime you know our heroes are traveling through time trying to find out why this you know why this thing is happening so much
0: All right, well, before we dig too deeply into this story. We're going to take a moment where we pause for a commercial interlude and we shamelessly shill for the man. Fugitive federal
1: agents, Sebastian Vickery and Ingrid Castine, both sensitive to the ghosts that haunt the modern Los Angeles freeways, side streets and alleys, are plunged into the supernatural secrets of the vast city in its history when a ghost addicted Silicon Valley guru seeks to draw the lost souls of a million Angelinos into the creation of a predatory world god. Vickery and Castine may be old hands at dealing with the spirit world, but they've never been in a pursuit so deadly with the stakes, so High Force perspectives by Tim Powers from Bainbooks at BaneBooks.com.
0: all right thank you for sticking with us through that commercial interlude and uh, we appreciate the uh, the patronage but for now we are back with mr. DP Brown and we're going to talk about the uh, the theme of Thieves. but before we do that I'm going to share the book cover and we're going to talk about some of the art that we can expect from this um, from this glorious comic so first let's look at uh, one of the covers which is glorious. It's so full screen that I don't even have to zoom, which is nice. But, uh, so we've got the man in red. Is there a reason that you made him, um, almost like a shadow?
1: Uh, I mean, he's supposed to be mysterious. You know, the guy is like, you know, um, we're, we're trying to figure out who he is, why, you know, what this being is. So, you know, is he like, you know, human, is he alien? You know, what exactly is he? Why is he able to travel through time? Why is he traveling through time? Um, um, yeah as far as like the the whole shadow thing he's meant to be sort of like a um a scary type of thing you know he's he's been to the point where um in in some time periods he's he's entered into like you know kids lives and they dubbed him as the crazy man (laughs) um funny enough and they made like a whole song of him and everything and this song has been like reverberating and like you know kids you know, passed down from like different generations, like, you know, in 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 the in my history and everything. But you know, I just wanted to make him like, you know, super mysterious.
0: So is there any um similarity in the way the Slender Man like uh legends go that you hear about?
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know what? I was sort of concerned about that because he does look, you know, in the in the Slender Man, you know, vein and everything, but obviously he's not Slender Man. So it's 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 the same concept, you know, this guy in the suit with the um you know with the tie and everything um but nothing that has to do with slenderman or that type of uh scary he's going to get you type of thing he's not like a um um uh, uh, a freddy Krueger or a um, jason or anything like that he's not that type but in the universe in universe kids consider him like you know um as like a urban legend okay
0: but well, we're going to look at some of the other art because some of what defines a comic book is the art style or a graphic novel or a manga is the art style so we're going to look at some of the other art that you were generous enough to share so this looks like um it's just a, a setting with some of the maybe some of the kids that disappeared um it's a couple uh, mother and daughter on a on a nightstand on a picture and then the same girl is sitting in clearly her bedroom um, yep. Is this sort of indicative of the type of art we can see, like the style?
1: Yeah. Yep. So like so that was done by Danny because he's my um, artist, you know, for the theme of thieves and everything. Color by Steve Desgupta, uh, um, you know, who did like, you know, a lot of the coloring and everything. So this was this is like taken from a um, panel inside of the actual issue. So each issue that I do sort of um the cover sort of like reflects what's actually in the book um panel wise so i take a particular panel and blow it up to something that's more detailed and more you know that's sort of like you know imbiotic of what 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 the uh, what's featured in like that issue per se so this this female right here her name is rebecca she's one of the protagonists you know that's her mother um, that's in like the picture her and her mother and everything. And if you can see right on the Um smartphone right there is a picture of the guy in a red suit, you know um, she is <laughs> She is she's took a picture of Um, um of a wall that has like the you know This guy in a red suit because like I can say he's an urban legend in the universe Um, and they've written picture. I mean they've drawn pictures on like the side of buildings of this guy You know, some people think he's real most people think he's not, you know, um, and she's on her bed with her um, with her best friend, you know, from high school. Her name is like Samantha. Um, but like I said, this is like one, you know, um, um, from one of the panels in, inside of the um, inside of the book itself. And our work is like, you know, um, what people can expect to see as far as like, um, you know, what, what's inside the book.
0: OK, and we're going to look at uh-oh, what happened. Uh, all right. So this is another image of Slender Man. <laughs> <Or slender man. laughs> of, of the um the red jacket man
1: yeah the man in the red suit um, The AKA man in the red AKA suit. Crazy. there we go mm-hmm.
0: uh and that's what's the story of the smiley face covered while well, the the yellow thing that's up in the top right i saw that in the other panel too
1: oh okay so um that's a that's that's a symbol that he carries with him you know um so that'll be a little bit that'll be revealed more you know as issues come But um, that's in relation, if you could see like the color scheme and everything, that's sort of in relation to, um, you know, this figure here. So as we delve more into like, you know, the man in the red suit's history, it'll be a reason why the symbol looks like how, you know, how it does. Um, The the symbol is more or less like a surprise face um, with blood coming right down from like, you know, from the top and stuff. Um, that sort of sort of it's sort of supposed to represent like, you know, battle scars and everything and also to represent that life is not always nice. And that's why he's in a surprise. <laughs> he's instead of he's instead of him smiling, you know, um, the symbol is more or less in a surprise mode.
0: OK, and then last but not least, this was my favorite. It's a portrait hanging on a wall. Um, it looks like a family from the you know, 1800s esque, but then it looks clearly there's some blood spatter going on from mm-hmm. the image
1: yep 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 so, so yeah some craziness going on an issue and everything basically as soon as you open it you know we get like you know some um um you get you get right into the story as far as like the prologue so that was where we were talking about earlier about how to um what what did, what did i end up changing so i had a whole prologue written um and then end up dumping that and putting you know um the prologue to this you know into it and this is like i said it's a it's from a panel from a, um from something that a character does and you know within like the first few pages and i thought it was i, I thought it would be great to blow this up into like an actual you know full-fledged um you know picture and stuff to sort of represent what you're getting into um this is like the standard cover i do have like a variant edition but it's it's just limited so i didn't include that but this is sort of uh, this is here to basically represent what you're getting into as far as, like, the um, the comic itself. You know, you're not getting into something that's going to be, you know, um, like superhero-ish or um, for it to be a first issue. It's basically um, letting you know that there's some complex stuff going on.
0: And the de- the level of detail, like, you know, the the way the signature would have been for art period from the time mm-hmm. where you can see the signature, like, that is... <laughs> I, that level of detail is nice to see, you know, from an artist. Like, I love that in covers too, when they, when they, you know, show that level of detail.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I most people make- don't
0: notice it, but then you zoom in on a high res, and it's just like, oh, oh.
1: Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that you that you did that and everything. I mean, that's something that um, you know, was put there for a reason. One is to make it as authentic as possible and as real as possible for um you know for for people that's just looking at the cover that's one of the most that's one of the more popular you know pickings when someone does you know come and buy my comic at a convention and everything you know let me get the bloody cover and stuff um this image right here um this is what this was from the variant cover a lot of people like that too because it's a simple image um it gives you def- it defines like who the characters are who the main characters are you know the two teams and the mysterious being right there um, and it's more gives a more simple image of you know um, drawing you into you know the actual comic and everything. So um, basically, you know, if if I'm at the convention, I, I give them a different variety. You know, if they want to actually get into something, you know, to pull them in. Some people like more the blood. Some people like you know the simple stuff. But it's the same content in the inside. So it's meant to draw you in.
0: OK, well, since uh, most of our audience listen and don't watch, uh, we I, I appreciate that you actually described what was on the image. That makes it very easy for them. But let's dive into the story itself. So mm-hmm. what would your 30 second elevator pitch be?
1: Well, like I said, two teams, a mysterious being, um, they're traveling through time to try to solve a mystery of why people are disappearing in the present. So just imagine where. It, just imagine a, a, a society where people just randomly disappear all the time, and it's been happening since the 1700s. No rhyme or reason, no um, no closure. Um, I deal with, like, the politics, or religion, and the culture that's dealing with this world of evanescence is what they call it, in-world. Evanescence means disappearing, and this is the theme of thieves of, um, you know, of this comic book series. Okay. that 30 seconds (laughs) yeah
0: but close enough
1: uh
0: so what is it that makes your series the um theme of thieves special
1: well i as we talked about earlier in the conversation um i I like to say that i love superheroes i'm into super in the mcu you know i like a lot of some of the dc stuff and everything um i love superheroes and stuff but i didn't want to create something that was similar to everything that's out there i see like a lot of independent independent creators do you know still do the sequel hero stuff and i'm thinking okay i can't really compete because everything as far as superhero, superheroes have been done. So I wanted to create something different. I wanted to create something that sort of speaks to, you know, my, um, you know, my, my feelings, my thoughts, and you know, how, you know, what I, what I think about like society, how kids deal with, you know, growing up and everything, um, how people look at just life period. And I wanted to twist it up in like a, um, science fiction type of thing. Like, as like I said, I'm deep into like, um, Um, If you look at my comic, it's a mixture of Lost, it's a mixture of Quantum Leap, and it's a mixture of The Wire, you know, so those may seem like, you know, odd pairings and stuff. But, you know, I have those those type of elements that that you can that once you read it, you can really see how, you know, all those are big, you know, big amalgams. Um, you know, into um, into like the theme of thieves and everything. The lost references are basically like the mystery stuff. The quantum leap stuff is a type time travel stuff, and the the wire stuff is sort of like the 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 um, maybe politics and like the societal you know societal type stuff and everything.
0: Okay, the wire was a good show back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what tropes do you feel like theme of thieves hits the best? <sighs>
1: um, I get. I guess the biggest trope would be. You know, talking about um, high school, <laughs> hitting high school. Um, you know, trials and tribulations and stuff. You know, um, and you know, sometimes there's creator, you don't want to say, okay, I'm using this trope because tropes are, you know, continual. They've always been used, but you know, it's safe to say that when I'm um, when I'm writing these characters, especially like the younger characters, um, I'm going through. They're going through typical high school stuff, like you know, getting a girlfriend and you know, wanting to be liked in school, wanting to be accepted. Um, wanting to, um, um, you know, go on dates and everything, and you know, have like you know, good relationships and stuff with like your peers and stuff, getting teased in school, getting um, you know, ragged on, and everything. Those are like certain tropes that you know, a lot of stories go through that you know, actually put out there. Then I'm actually you know, putting it to and putting my spin on you know, uh, and my voice on what you know, what I what I want these characters to actually say about that,
0: okay. Um, so, what subgenre uh, other than time or genre other than time travel do you think this uh, comic fits best into?
1: Uh, other than time travel, um, I would say like if 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 you want to go into like um, I don't want to say politics because politics is 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 a, is a heavy thing, and I was you talked about you know being preached to and everything. I'm trying not to do any preaching into um you know into this world and everything a lot of stuff that happens political wise happens on the peripherals whether it's not the characters actually talking about like you know different stuff you actually hear um on the peripheral like you know the news station so (laughs) if i'm talking about something in the world um, then you hear a news station talking about it You don't actually hear the characters talking about it or if they're watching a youtube channel There's the channel talking about it not the actual character itself, you know The characters are still going through their trials and tribulations The um, the the newspapers are you know peripheral um internet stuff um all that's like, you know Surrounding it so I would think the subgenre would be you know, um uh, <laughs> That's a that's a um, that's actually a really good question um i mean i guess if you want to call it you know politics and everything then then you can you can go on that route
0: we're just being clear for you when you say politics you're not talking about the modern american politics or global politics of earth as it is now but in universe canon stuff and and that's yeah. always okay yeah. like you know you want you want the universe to feel real and lived in and that involves politics so we're we're specifically speaking in this instance or at least i think i think you are of as it applies just to your universe which yeah. is different than ours
1: Yep, yep, it's, it's totally different how my politics, how the politics of this universe, especially when it deals to with how people disappear and the way people react, because politics is really a lot of reaction and people reacting to that. So uh, when 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 this whole disappearance thing that's continually escalating with more and more. People take advantage of so you got like you know certain leaders in the um in the in the um in the universe and everything taking advantage of okay people disappearing okay well this is the reason why they're doing it. or with or whether people thinking okay they know the reason but they're only doing it for you know to, to 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 drum up support for their causes or whatever you know when that's not really really the case like i said we got these characters trying to find out the real reason why all this is happening but on the um in like the present um, you know, people are taking advantage of, you know, this, this phenomenon, this evidences that's going on. So, um, yeah, my in universe, you know, deals with a lot of the effects from that deals with like the religion, you know, the religions that, that sprout from people disappearing and stuff, you know, you have cults that, that are actually, you know, put together based on the fact of, you know, people just randomly disappearing, groups just disappearing and stuff, you know, so, you know, um, um, so you got like a lot of that going on in in my stuff. I saw I, I put a lot of layers in, and you know, on into my stuff. And um, while it's going on, you know, issue three, I'm still building out the world a whole lot.
0: It also sounds like this could be adventure fiction, which I can dig.
1: Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, you know you've got a male character so you could you could almost call it men's adventure fiction except for he's a he's a, a youth and you've got her with him and i don't know if there is a women's adventure fiction but just generically like the idea of they're going on the adventure um you know
1: so so, so yeah yeah it's, it's definitely action so as we go on when they when they go on their adventure through time so if you're a big quant or if you if you watch quantum leap you know you know sam you know sam beckett he traveled in a different periods trying to write wrongs and everything my characters do a little bit of that but um they encounter situations where they actually have to you know um physically you know get into stuff um um uh, rebecca you know the the female you know in the um you know that you see on the screen here you know she's a um she's and she's she she's a she's a martial artist and everything so she's practiced a lot of like martial art stuff so it while she doesn't really do a lot of fighting in her present and everything she's going to find like a lot of the skills that she learned um are actually going to take be beneficial to her in like you know the different travels and stuff and as i said before the the guy in the red suit he has like a uh a, a, a allotment of different things that he goes about doing and everything i'm doing like um um uh, travel back into like the salem um the salem witch trials so, um, I got like a few stories surrounding that and, you know, they, they pop into like a, um, um, you know, just going ahead and like in the story a little bit, they pop into like, you know, the, 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 the that time period all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're, they're looked upon as witches and people are attacking them. you know, wanting to, you know, take them down. <laughs> so of course they got to, you know, the uh, fight to get out of that and everything. And then, um, you know, they, they pop into other different periods and stuff, you know, going, um going into to different crazy situations so they basically got to be prepared anytime they got to be pre- prepared for a surprise anytime they jump into like a period so yes yeah, it's definitely going to be some um, crazy action going on
0: so does their clothes change as they travel in time or are they start are they wearing what they were wearing when they started the, the journey
1: so so that's a great question so um in some instances yeah they'll travel with the clothes that they have on and everything and then they'll adjust to the period that um they'll they'll try to find clothes that that, that match period that they're in um and then you know they'll they'll find unique ways to be creative in adjusting to the period you know period you know periods that um that they ju- that they actually jump into so but um but as far as the mechanism element they travel with the clothes that they're in
0: okay um, so do they have a way of trying to make sure when they appear on the other side of the time divide that, that they're not in the middle of a busy crowd? Nope. They so they could everywhere. displace people and, and end up sort of embedded in the middle of somebody.
1: Yeah. 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 It's, it's <laughs> gonna be-
0: Sorry about your grandma.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they could appear in somebody's living room. They could appear in the middle of like a, you know, a um, um, um um a crime battle and everything you know um it it could be that that's a fun parts about writing this because you can create so many different things um and scenarios that they actually pop into just like how you know um sam beckett he popped into different periods and you know it's his last his favorite last words was like oh boy you know when he um and then you then you you get he left with that cliffhanger on next week on how is he going to get out of this you know so my characters are sort of like put into like the same instance you know they pop into a period so you're left wondering um how are they gonna get out of it or how they're gonna adjust or how they're gonna be you know creative and doing that you would hope that they don't pop into like you know um big crowds or anything like that but things happen and people react so my 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 key is always how the reaction is to you know to these phenomena to the you know to this you know to the science fiction that that is um um because my world is not a bunch of superheroes or different craziness running around, going around, but strange things have happened. And um, I'm always like dealing with how people react to that.
0: So are they going through space and time or just through time? So like when they transfer it back in time, are they in the same location ish or are they, you know, if they were in England now, they might be in, I don't know, Scotland when they transfer and then Egypt and, and wherever.
1: Well, so so, so that's a great question. So far, um, they're relegated to to different points um, in the in the United States. And it's a reason for that. You know, that'll be revealed at some point in time. But yes, they the the mechanism is that, um, yeah, they are traveling through, like, you know, space and time. um, So they can't appear anywhere, just not in the same place, you know.
0: So that, that comes up because and the reason I, I thought to ask that one is because I'm writing a, a military portal fantasy mm-hmm. that involves, you know, a, a fantasy version back in time of, of Egypt. And so one of the things you realize is certain landmarks have moved. So like mm-hmm. the, the Nile River isn't now where it is now, isn't always where it was. Like mm-hmm. it, things like that shift. And so you could think where if you were, oh, I'm on the beach and well, you're not on the beach anymore. You're, you know, several yeah. miles away yeah. if you go back far enough, that, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um yeah. It's, it's fun to factor in, or like I mean, time I mean, dilation talking about space. You know, you can be creative if you understand just some of the base science behind all of that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: So all right, so let's talk about the main characters themselves. It sounds like they're the three main characters. So what can you tell us about them that makes them uh unique?
1: Um, so Jason, um, you know, the um the um, Caucasian guy over here, the he's the um one of my main characters. He's 16 years old, he's in high school. He's, um, he's being bullied and everything in high school. And, you know, he's feeling like, um, he's not only being bullied in school, but he's also, you know, being bullied at home by his dad. So his dad is pretty, you know, hardcore on him and everything. Um, and he's basically trying to figure out, you know, who he is and what his place in, in, in life is, you know, as a 16 year old, you know, you got so many, so much stuff coming to you, you know, you're trying to find your place and trying to find your people's. Um, His friends, um, you know, he has very few friends, but he does have friends that, you know, he he plays online with, you know, online games and everything. And, you know, they do their best to like try to comfort him and, you know, um, um, get him in his like certain situations, but they tease him as well. So he's sort of like, you know, in a a gump in a type of way where where he's always being um, he's always being picked on. So um, um, I'm really interested on on how this character just develops. Um, as he matures when he starts being confronted with things that he didn't really consider, you know Um, so that's jason. Um, rebecca. She's um, she She um, she's a a, a Teen a teen who actually goes through she, she she's real smart. She's popular um, but not popular enough to where you know, she she, she is like, you know, could be like the um, prom queen or anything like that, but she's known to be tough. She's known to be, you know, real um, assertive into, um, you know, um, uh, when she talks to, to people and not, and not so much authoritative, but real decisive in her movements and uh, her speech and everything. So, um, you know, people take to her a different way. Um, um, she has a best friend named Samantha, who's a little bit more passive. And I sort of like go back and forth with them too on um you know her or, or rebecca not really wanting to go to parties because she doesn't really like you know a lot of people that go but samantha uh, does like going to parties so she sort of brings her you know try to brings rebecca along and sort of gets her out of her comfort zone so rebecca could be real stubborn as well um the man in the red suit he's the he's the he's a forever mystery you don't know who he is and what he is and um while the third issue hasn't come out yet You know he's going to end up snagging these two you know and taking them on like adventures and they're going to learn a lot about um um you know who this mysterious being is and you know why he does what he does and um the the man in the red suit doesn't know a lot of stuff that he does or why he does what he does but they all figure that out together you know based on like you know clues little lost elements that i that i um uh, leave in like you know different periods
0: hopefully you give a more satisfactory ending than lost did
1: <laughs> i love lost and I, i'm I, i'm i'll never belittle that 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 was a um that was a very 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 good show
0: <laughs> fair fair enough what about secondary characters were there any secondary characters that were especially memorable
1: yeah i have a um uh, another one named nakia um she's like um she First appears in like the first issue but she takes a little bit more of a presence in like the second issue where her and jason actually go on on the date um and jason this is like the first time that jason um has actually run on a real date with a female so he's real um he's real shy about it um but you know nakia she's really playful but sometimes she could be like a user you know so i'm sort of playing with like those elements on like you know um, um how people can be manipulative just to you know get their own um make their own reasons on why they do things and you know sort of use people but she's still friendly like jason and everything so she's a secondary um character that i'm playing a lot of you know around with with her and her sister um, um um janelle and everything you know they're they're going through some different stuff um and um jason's dad his name is ray so he has like you know some particulars because his his upbringing was like kind of rough and he's sort of passing that down to his to his son and i'm sort of like showing how generational stuff can actually happen with families where the, the the habits and ways that they carry with them sort of get passed on and i'm just trying to figure out if um i'm just trying to have the character, character figure out whether he can stop that you know stop that um to stop that that thing from like happening all the time so yeah these are like secondary characters and i'll be introducing more you know within like the story and everything but these are like ideas and things that i'm playing with so far
0: okay so does your story have any bad guys or is it mostly the mystery of the universe that is sort of the bad guy
1: it's sort of it's sort of like the mystery of what what's going on and um right now people are not are not really questioning because it's so much a way of life the whole evanescence thing they are not really questioning why it's happening um um they they just know how they just know that this thing happens and it's been happening for so long um through like the whole technology rage um when 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 it started happening in the 1700s it was very little technology going on but it's been happening for so long that people are just you know just just going about this as a way of life so if you want to just consider that the enemy <laughs> then um then that that would be the thing that needs to be resolved and like the antagonist of the, of the thing um and like i said i'm I'm just slowly revealing um or going to be revealing you know why these things are happening or the characters are going to be trying to find out why why this these certain things are happening as the um present tension escalates in the world
0: okay so speaking of characters, it sounds like you put the people in your universe through hell, taking away their loved ones and such. So if they ever met you in a back alley and they knew you were DP bound, the tormentor of their souls and the destroyer of their lives, how do you think you'd fare?
1: I, I, I would probably be backed into a wall, put, you know, tied up and everything and probably just um, just just send send me make my story right. You know that that I know that's been done before. I can't think of a show or movie that I've seen that. But uh, where the characters actually come to life and cr- confront their creator,
0: <laughs> wasn't <laughs> that Ink Master?
1: I, I've, I haven't seen Ink Master, but um, it's it's been done before on, on in, in other stuff, but um, but um, well, maybe it might have been Ink Master. May, I haven't seen that movie. If I've seen it, I haven't seen it in a long time. But I know it's been done where they cr- confront their creators, and all of a sudden, it's almost like you're 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 sort of like um, confronting your god you know, in a way, actually, that's a really great story to, to really.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I was thinking about that when you started talking about it, that could be fun.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, Play around. So,
0: so let's get a a peek behind the curtain. So were there any cool scenes or ideas you mentioned a little bit about the prequel? So, so what can you tell us about that scene that you cut?
1: Uh, So it was going to be more sci-fi than, um, than what I ended up going with and everything. So, um, um, it was more like um, I had like a bird, you know, um, I had like a I had I had a, a, a reason why everything was happening. And I was going to start off with the, um, the, the the what was going on, the reason why everything was happening, who was behind it or what was behind it or what could be the possibility behind it. But I scrapped all that and wanted to um, end up going with something more um, down to earth a more historical base as far as like the opening to give people sort of like a a tease because the reason why I ended up didn't that I didn't end up going with the scene is it didn't build much of a mystery it just sort of said okay this is um the elements that you're going to deal with in theme of thieves um and then go you know right into like the um you know teenagers and their stories and stuff but um I wanted to build like a teaser as far as the world because Evanescence means a whole lot. It's really the whole driving force of everything that's going on as far as people disappearing. So um, I wanted to add that element in a prologue to sort of give people uh, um, uh, a tease on, okay, well, this is something I can keep going with, or they could hopefully keep reading
0: okay so was there anything we've covered your universe it sounds like a lot was there anything about the universe before we we um, start moving the the interview along that we didn't ask about the universe itself that you feel like is crucial for the listener or the viewer to know
1: no basically yeah we did cover a lot as far as that I mean that's this basically the theme of thieves um the the world of avanescence the um the in universe um, um title of you know disappearing is called you know people call it evanescence or vanning out you know as, as they will call it in the universe so that's like the short you know the short the shorthand for you know what this thing is called and like i said before it's a driving force of why people are um of of how society is building to this eventual escalation um and we'll see how we'll see where it goes
0: i feel like there is a um a TV show that Fox did. Cause that's where all good shows go to die. Um, But there was a <laughs> sort of like the opposite of this where like people that had disappeared years ago, just randomly started appearing. It's like the 4,400, I think it was called.
1: Yeah. The 4,400. Yeah.
0: I just it almost seems like the opposite of this. Were you, were you watching that or
1: it got, it, it was okay. But, um, but a lot of sh- that was made back in what the the arts or was it? The yeah, a- the yeah, the early arts. Yeah, the early arts and everything. Um, it, it, it it was okay. It was it wasn't one of my favorites and everything. But I thought the concept was pretty cool. Um, yeah,
0: and then they had that one similar concept with the Alcatraz, the people that started, or that might have been part of the four thousand four hundred. But but like people from Alcatraz started coming back that had disappeared.
1: No, I think that was a different show. Um, yeah, but I, yeah, I that remember, the same kind I, of theory. It was on Fox, wasn't it? I, I forget yeah. what you call it called. Yeah. It was yeah.
0: one of the guys from Lost was in it. It was ironically.
1: Yeah. The had yeah, that yeah. white guy
0: with the curly the curly hair.
1: Um Hurley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um I forget what it was called, but it only lasted like a few episodes because that was around the time where Lost ended. They had like a bunch of copycat Lost, you know, type shows that didn't understand what made Lost Lost and really, you know, it did though, you know, the shows didn't really, you know, last um it was a four thousand four hundred. I think. Well, that was one of them. Um, but that did last for like a while, and then, like you said, that one where Hurley was in. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my. Um, you know, people think like leftovers and stuff when they, when they, when they talk about, you know, my. Oh, stuff. that's the
0: religious one. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That's that's the um, that was that was a two percent, two percent of the population disappears, and people have to deal with that. So while my my mind is sort of similar to that, you know, I don't, I don't mind saying that because Damon Lindelof is one of my favorite writers. Um, um mine sort of like goes into like the historical aspects of, you know, why, why this thing happens. Um, and then also I also refer to when I'm in my pitches and everything conventions in game, you know, um, you know, Avengers Endgame game and everything uh, Infinity war. You know, you got like Thanos stamping the fingers and people just disappearing and stuff. So that's just to give like a visual of of how this thing will happen.
0: <laughs> so like when these people disappear, is it like you said, mid conversation? Is it sometimes mid driving? So like it might be driving and they just disappear, car mm-hmm. crashes kind of thing?
1: Yep. Nope. Yep, that's what that's what builds attention in the world and everything. People are trying to find out, you know, how to resolve it. You know, as mechanisms in place on, you know, how, um, you know, something like that would happen. But yeah, it could be a mid-conversation, mid-flight, you know, if they're in a plane or whatever. But um, but people people have their guards up, so put it that way in this world. I could think of some
0: compromising positions people could be put in because they just disappeared at an inopportune time.
1: That's that's the crazy thing about it, Jr. Is that. I've, I've thought about this, especially when Endgame came out, you know, they had that la- that last scene in Infinity War where, you know, it was this big thing where, um, you know, people started disappearing. And I was like, OK, well, what if you take that further and people will be in compromising positions? <laughs> you know, um, Disney would never show anything like that. But fortunately, I can, you know, so um um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's different craziness and different creative ways you can put people in, in positions when this thing happens.
0: Yeah, there was another one where people would like the time would pause. It was a uh, it was on TV, uh, oh, early aughts maybe, mm-hmm. and like the world would pause, and some people died because you know when when everyone fell asleep for that short period of time, if they were driving a car or flying a plane or whatever.
1: Oh, man, missed that one. Yeah. I yeah,
0: I, I used to watch that with my mom, but I can't remember what it was called. But yeah, there's there's lots of um, with this concept, there's lots of room for shenanigans, <laughs> and, and we'll decide. So this, this is clearly part of a series because you mentioned episode one and two is the theme of thieves. Mm-hmm. Um, how many episodes do you plan on writing, and where do you see the story going
1: overall? So um, I have scripts in mind. Uh, I wrote it up to like. I didn't write the scripts out yet, but um, I have I mean, mind like 24 issues. Um, you know, that's just like a just a number at this point. If I end up getting to like the 22nd or 23rd and find there's more story to tell, it's a lot of stories you could tell in this universe, not just with these characters, but with these main characters. Um, um, I'm, I'm thinking right around there. I have a, um, I do have an idea how everything's going to end. And it really just depends on how, you know, how things go. I mean, I'm an independent, independent creator. So my aim while, you know, I'm doing this, you know, self, you know, self-funding everything is to um, reach a point where I'm doing not I'm doing the actual story elements full time and not having to go out and, you know, um, sell and market and do like a lot of the, um, you know, business side of it. You know, so once I get to that point, it can actually create more, you know, full time and everything Then I think um, um, we'll see how far I can stretch some of these issues.
0: Okay, so is there um, any plans in your head to branch out into other forms of entertainment media? So RPGs, maybe video games, although that's a a hard ask, I guess, because that does upfront cost Uh, Mm -hmm. actual like print books, um, like novelization, I guess.
1: Yeah, so, um, so with Theme of Thieves, I, I do like, um, I'm, I'm planning on doing like short stories on my website of different, um, you know, things that happen in the world, not necessarily related to my characters, but things that happen like, you know, as far as like, you know, families and, you know, how they deal with like um, the reaction of like, you know, Evanescence and, you know, um, comment on like, you know, um, the, you know, the politics of the world and everything in universe and their reaction to that um so once i get enough stories, you know um, stories together i'll sort of create like an anthology novel you know that sort of collects everything all into like one and that does and that's not going to have like um that's going to be written in like prose form and not going to really have like artwork from like different artists and stuff it's just basically me just getting out my writer stuff my, my getting off my writer, you know stuff you know and uh without having to write for creators to actually you know i'm sorry writing for artists actually for the artwork to come back and everything because that's that's one of the biggest things about writing you write the stuff and then waiting for the artist to come back with the, the um, artwork and everything could be a little 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 um tedious and everything but i mean you you want to make sure that the the stuff is done right and good thing my, my artist dan eek is he does such a great job but um i'm, I'm i want to just uh, speed ahead and create more stories and um like i said i'm doing you know through my website and everything i'll have an opportunity to get that done you know, like I said, if I do enough uh, other short stories, collect them into like novelization form.
0: Okay. So let's talk about the art real quick. And we did hit on it when we showed the image, but what made you decide to go with color as opposed to grayscale?
1: Great question. Man, okay, you're you're on the point here tonight, here, JR. Um, I've when when Dan came back, initially came back with his artwork, I thought long and hard to to, to not make it um, you know, color you know because artwork just was just standing on its own and you know it was just it was just such a good you know good look and everything i thought okay do i want to spend the money to to make this color or should i just leave it you know um you know black and white and just let the the story just like stand for you know stand on its own and everything but um it was just a aesthetic decision. I ended up getting some, um, you know, color back from my artist Alex. I mean, from my colorist Alex Ziff, and she came up with some pretty good stuff. And then I said, like, okay, well, I'll, I'll do this. You know, I'll do this color. You know, I just it's just a um, just a decision I ended up making. It didn't matter either way. You know, they both look good to me, but I just ended up going with color because I'm so I'm used to you know comics and color and stuff.
0: So, given that you have the black and white line art before it was colored, is there any point at some point in time to pick some of the good panels and make almost like an adult coloring book for some of your super fans?
1: So um, that's a really great question because I've seen other um, artists do that with kick their Kickstarters and everything. That's something I'm, um, I haven't really delved into a lot, but that's something um, I can actually – uh, do since I do have like, you know, the the, the, the black and white stuff I actually do have um, artists do like, a um, you know, do like an adult coloring book, you know, as like a different tier in my, you know, next time I do like a Kickstarter. So it's certain that um, that, that 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 ideas that I see other creators do that um, I'm taking to heart. Um, and see it if okay if, if I have the possibility to do it because the artwork's done is already paid for. You know, it's another way to actually you know get more involvement and get more interaction as far as my work. So you know that's a it's, it's a really great way to do that. Reason to do that.
0: So, you know, each universe will have its own internally consistent rules of science, technology, and in some cases magic. So, what sort of tech can we expect? Obviously, there's time travel. But other than the time travel is the tech on par with what we have now or is, is it advanced or
1: behind well right now the um the 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 um, elements is is based on real world te- real, real world technology so there's nothing advanced as far as the story is concerned as of right now now in the future once we start figuring out okay why this thing is happening it may come in the past but as of right now none of the characters are dealing with anything that's like Otherworldly, or you know, um, outside of like real world, like you know, um, um technical, techno- technological elements.
0: Okay, so then you know, you've written time travel, and that's obviously a form of technology, I'm assuming. So, if you had the chance to travel through time, would you do it?
1: I don't think so. <laughs> oh, why not? <laughs> it's, it's, it's while I'm fascinated by it and everything, it's, it's. Is something that okay um if if i knew i could get back maybe but um if i didn't have the, the 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 if i would if i was a time travel um and going to periods where i didn't really have like the um the 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 armory or whatever to to to, to handle that particular time and everything i don't know how i would actually fare you know um because you're in you're in your present you know how to deal with like your surroundings and all that stuff when you're in the different um if you're in a different time and i'm assuming that or whatever you know you have to deal with those people and those 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 elements you know in 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 time and stuff so just say for instance i'm a black man and everything and i'm going back in time travel to like the 50s or something like that or like you know even like the early like the early um the early 1900s or whatever where you know they were still doing like lynchings like crazy and everything down in the south and stuff. So if I was to time travel to a place where I wasn't able to to defend myself or you know give reason as to why I'm there and everything, I have to deal with those elements, I would have to be certainly prepared for that. You know. So did um, you
0: um did you ever watch Reading Rainbow's episode about that?
1: <laughs> they had an episode
0: about that. Yeah, it's called Follow the Drinking Gourd. And so the long story short was this this black kid. Was like, oh, why do I care about what happened back then? And it was talking about history. Uh-huh. And so, sort of, he's cursed, and he ends up back in time. And he ends up because they find him, they think he's a runaway slave. Uh-huh. And it ends, and it was right when Roots was coming out when that episode yeah. aired. Uh-huh. So it ends with, and spoiler for like a thirty-year-old show, but it ends where he's, you know, he's strapped up, and they're getting ready to. The overseer is about to whip the hell out of him, uh-huh. and suddenly, right as it hits him, like he wakes up back in the present. And, and it really? made me think like that was an impressionable show for me because I started thinking like, you know, what if you went back to the wrong time and they thought you were a witch or or whatever, right? right? right like, right,
1: yeah. You know, you're just yeah, as likely yeah.
0: to be, you know. Uh, do, you, do you know who the character Titua is from uh, the Salem Witch Trials? If you read uh-huh. that, mm-hmm. she was the slave that that was accused of the the whatever. So she she made up stories to cover her own butt and it was like, oh, it's the white girls, right? Uh, it's <laughs> an oversimplification. Obviously, don't hate me, people, but. But, like, there are obviously times where, you know, regardless of skin color, if you went back to the wrong time, it could end badly for you. It, it, it
1: could, Like, hey, I mean, it's, it's it's no offense or whatever. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy stuff happened in history. And people reacted in different ways that they don't react today. So, I mean, if you weren't, if you were if a lot were more history,
0: civilized, you know. Say what? We're a lot more civilized than we like, used to you be. You
1: would think we're a lot more civilized, but. A hundred years from now, and they may look at us and say, okay, they weren't as civilized as we are in the, like, the... the I would
0: world. hope we make some progress in the next hundred years. <laughs> I would hope.
1: I so, hope so.
0: So other than the, uh, the man in the red suit, uh, are there any other fantastical creatures or it's just modern humanity?
1: Just modern humanity right now. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I don't think I'm going to be dealing with, like, fantastical creatures in this story and everything. I'm <laughs> basically keeping it as... Um, um, grounded and um, down to earth as possible until I really get into like, um, you know, the reasons why a lot of this stuff is going on.
0: So then let's answer this next one hypothetically, because it always fascinates me. If you were going to write a story, and obviously not this one, but you were going to write a story where you had aliens or, you know, fantastical creatures, how would you go about creating them? Would you let nature inspire you, folklore, your nightmares, make something up completely out of whole cloth? Like, how do you think you'd go about doing that?
1: So I'm not a big aliens type person or creatures type person. But if I was to do that, I think I would let nature like, you know, um, sort of like, you know, build from like the ground up. There has to be a reason why these pe- these creatures come from where they come from. So um, my 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 story, if I was to write that, would be from a from an Earth type of perspective or from the ground up. You know, there is a, a reason why these creatures or aliens or whatever, you know, come to pass. Um, you know, so I would have to have some sort of history behind them instead of just them actually magically appearing or just, you know, just being there. And there has to be a reason why this alien exists or whatever.
0: So for you, it's all about the backstory. You need a believable reason why. To, yeah.
1: To, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So that's more devolved, um, uh, delving deeper into you as a creative, like how you, how you sort of visualize. So, um. Is there, aside from the comics that you're creating and the, and the children's books that you're writing, do you have any plans to branching out to other forms of media on your own, like writing novels?
1: Uh, I mean, I, it, it could come to pass. Uh, right now, this is like my baby right here, so I haven't really had have time to think about you know uh, other things. Um, I said this on another podcast. I would love to get a crack at Night Rider. I'm a big um, night Rider fan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, if, if I could get a crack at that show... You know, I would I would do some things with it. You know, um, 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 I watch a I watch a going back to watch a few of the episodes. Uh, that was a badly written show, <laughs> but uh, as a kid, I was just sort of fascinated with like the kid Michael Knight. You know, he had a um, twin brother named Garth Knight. You know, that was real. You know, really like really intriguing and stuff. Um, but I would love to get a crack at that because they tried to reboot it a few times to to, to minimal success. Um, I think if, if, if that got into my hands, I, I could, um, I could, I could work with it for, for whatever reason. I know that's like out in left field, doesn't have anything to do with like science, you know, uh, uh, fiction or whatever. Um, but I mean, again, unless you could talk about a car being science fiction, I guess that is, um, but I, I would love to get a crack at
0: that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it made, it made Hasselhoff a bit of a name and he's still big in Germany. So yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I, I guess there's worse things to be known for.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So,
0: all right. So clearly the interview is winding down, but before we uh, before we let you go, uh, was there anything about the theme of thieves that we didn't ask that you want to tell the
1: audience? Um, it's right. It's while it's not in stores as of yet, it's still available. The issues are available on my website, so you could go to themeofthieves.com. You know, you'll see it in like the show notes and everything um, you know, um, to, to, to go and buy the issues, you know, this is something to try out, you know, um, and I believe once people actually read it, you know, you can either take it or leave it, you know, for the most part, it's been doing really successful for the people I've sold it to, and I've been getting really good feedback. So, um, it's a taste driven book. It is for adults, you know, for like, you know, 16 or up and everything It's not like, you know, for, you know, younger kids and everything. So, um, when you purchase it, uh, or when you go to look at it, because I do have a preview right on my website that you can sign up for when you do sign up for like the newsletter and everything. You could get like a, um, a free preview. Um, I can preview, I should say, of like the first few pages and everything. Um, it's a really good thing to actually, you know, see if you can dig.
0: So when you say it's available on your website, are you only selling print copies or can they get PDFs? Because I know comicology yes. is a thing.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. So, the, yeah, you could get digital and obviously print and digital. Yep.
0: Okay. All right. So before we let you go, dear listener, I'd like to hearken back and remind you to please be kind and speak your mind on the reviewing platforms. Your reviews help the right readers find the right books. And I guarantee you anywhere you buy content, books, movies, songs, comics, there is generally a review function and it helps the content creators uh, find other audience members, So if you really love a thing and you want to help the creator keep doing it, leave a positive review and tell everybody what you love about it. And hopefully it'll find other people who are kindred spirits and you can sort of build your tribe together. So do your thing, people. Please be kind and speak your mind. But uh, Mr. DP Brown, before we let you go, how can listeners or reader or viewers find you?
1: see right on the bottom if you're watching the youtube page um or if you're listening um dog pound brown um i am on facebook instagram and also twitter so make sure that you are following me um of course right on my website thema you will find all my links as well um i'm also a, a co-host of the nerd cyclopedia carbonatic bounty bs podcast it's a star wars group every wednesday we're at 10 o'clock pm we're talking about anything star wars from like the comics. You know, we're talking about this new Obi-Wan series that's out right now, you know, reviewing that. Um, anything that has to do with Star Wars, we're talking about that as well. Um, we also, on the channel, um, do different other stuff like MCU content. And uh, we'll be doing The Boys coming out pretty soon, you know, reviewing that series. So make sure that you guys are subscribing to NerdCyclopedia.com. I'm sorry, NerdCyclopedia um, YouTube channel. And also going to um, the, um, the Facebook page, and you know, Nerdcyclopedia Uh, where we talk about different things right online.
0: So where did the dog pound part come from? I'm guessing that's not the name your mother gave you.
1: (laughs) I'm a big Cleveland. So I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. So um, I'm a big Browns fan. So um, I, I'm a um, you know I'm a diehard Dog Pound Nation fan. So you know the, every anyone who's from Cleveland knows you know what the dog with the Dog Pound is that because that's what we call the Browns, you know Browns fans and everything Dog Pound members and everything. So um, I'm basically Dog Pound Browns. So DP for short.
0: I dig it. I dig it. All right. So you can find us, dear listener, on Twitter at twitter.com backslash sf underscore sh- fantasy underscore show Sierra foxtrot underscore fantasy underscore show you can email us at blasters and blades podcast at gmail dot com that is blasters and blades podcast at gmail dot com You can join us on Facebook where all the shenanigans happen. It's facebook.com backslash groups backslash Blasters and Blades podcast. Again, backslash groups backslash Blasters and Blades podcast. You can join us on our website at anchor.fm backslash blasters dash and dash blades. Again, anchor.fm backslash blasters tack and tack blades. Where as little as 99 cents a month, you can help keep the lights on. and We greatly appreciate all of you that do that. Uh, you can also support the show over at buymeacoffee.com backslash author J.R. Handley. Again, buymeacoffee.com backslash author Jr. Hanley. Be sure to put in the comment section that is for the podcast and I promise I will keep my co hosts Doc Seska and Nick Garber duly uh, flooded with more material than they can read because we can always read new things so we have new stuff to talk about on the show. So uh, thank you for sticking with us with your um, through the episode um thank you for spending some of your precious time with us for nick garber and doc seska i am jr hanley and this was the blasters and blades podcast we'll be back next week at the same time where we'll indulge our love of nerd culture cheesy jokes and all things that go boom